When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac. Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And a good morning, Birds fans. It is a Thursday undefeated edition of Birds 365. Still undefeated. They didn't put it uh, up for grabs this past week because we had a bye week. Uh, But anything but a bye week down at the Novacare Complex yesterday. Pretty busy for a uh, rest day yesterday, wasn't it, Mr. McMullen? Yeah, man. Got to get back to work. You know, I I saw how we walking... Uh, after walkthrough, they have a walkthrough uh, uh, in the morning, uh, real practice in the afternoon. So I'm walking with Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, and uh, I put it on Twitter. I got a picture. I said, wow, that's some heavy hitters walking up from, uh, you know, in, in hindsight, you know, maybe he was letting the team leaders in on what was about to happen. And that's Robert Quinn to your Philadelphia Eagles. So. Kind of a splash from a big name standpoint. That's what everybody wants, right? Exactly. If you're just talking about reputation and career resume, oh, Robert Quinn is a big deal. That's a splash type trade. If you're talking about production this year in the first seven games of the season, not so much. Uh, An 18 and a half sack guy last year, one of the best in the National Football League, 
down to one in the first seven games this year for the Bears. Um, uh, I've read and heard the explanations of, oh, the new system doesn't fit what Robert Quinn does and his game and the like. And there's probably something to that. Uh, but I'm sorry, when you go from 18 and a half down to set, you want to prorate it. Okay, that's about a third of your season, actually more. Uh, but we'll round up rather than round down. Uh, three sacks for the year, uh, going from 18 and a half to three is a drop off. There's no way around that. Is Father Time finally catching up with Robert Quinn? Yeah, I mean, it's strange. It really is. I, I, we know, and I always say, things don't stay in a stasis in this league. So you don't just assume somebody is, is going to be a, a star forever. Uh, I think uh, way too many people believe in that. But you rarely see this kind of drop-off from one year uh, to 18 and a half down to zip, basically zero production. Um I think Pro Football Focus has 112 edge defenders graded, uh, Jody. 109. 109 out of 112 is how he's been playing this year. You know, to go from second team all pro to 109 out of 112 in one season, something's going on. So, you know, you delve into it from a, from a, you know, when the trade immediately happened, I was like, eh, eh. and and when we brought up, and we had brought up this name, a lot of people brought up this name before. You know, I I admit you kind of forget there's there's a baseball basketball mentality. It, it's not overtaken the NFL, but teams are more willing to pick up salary to get rid of a player to dump a player, which is you know hasn't been the case in the NFL, but it is more and more. Last year saw it with Bond Miller. Uh, this year, you're seeing it, Rob, Robert Quinn. From the Eagles' standpoint, they gave up a fourth-round pick. They're paying the veteran minimum. So when we all talked about his salary, that's meaningless. They got him for nothing. Um, so I like the trade from that standpoint. It's 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 a nice roll of the dice. We talk about Howie and valuation. I mean, and, and when you talk about Quinn and the deep drop, you brought up one point that is a, a good point. They changed their whole philosophy. They, and, and he's going back to the previous philosophy. The Eagles run what the Bears ran defensively. Now, um, the, the Fangio offshoot. Um, so that's, that's the scheme he was in when he had 18 and a half. So that's good. And then the second part, somebody pointed out, and I think it was Doug Farrar, so... I'll give him credit. He used to write for Sports Illustrated back in the day. I think Yahoo, a bunch of places. But um, he's been double teamed more than anybody else, more than guys like Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa, because Chicago has nothing Nothing else, else. nothing else. So he's never going to see a double team in Philadelphia. I mean, never going to see a double team in Philadelphia. So those are the two optimistic slants I could bring. And after I heard that, I have a little more, um, whether you want to call it excitement about the trade, maybe, maybe it makes more sense. Maybe it makes, cause at, at first I'm like, I'm like you, Jody. I'm like, well, what the heck's going on with this guy? He fell off a table. I mean, just a collapse that is very, very rare. And and there are some reasons that you can talk yourself into it. Um, and then the last point I'll say, 
you know, he's got two more years on this deal, but no guaranteed money. So if it doesn't work, the Eagles can just walk away. And they paid the veteran minimum for half a season. So low risk, high reward is what he is. Yeah. Low risk, high reward is what it is. Um, Low risk, not a no risk. A fourth-round draft pick is a fourth-round draft pick. It is what it is. We could go back. I could give you superstar players who were drafted after the fourth, fourth round. I can give you guys who were taken in the first round who turned out to be busts. So it is a uh, early day three pick. Not necessarily early because I think the Eagles going to be very good. So it'll actually be the end of the fourth round. So it is what it is. They, 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 it wasn't like they picked them up off the scrap heap. They did have to give up draft capital to get them. Not high draft capital, but draft capital. And I'll tell you why I'll buy more into the double team explanation than the change of system explanation. Wasn't that same system in place for the Bears in 2020? When they yes, first signed yes, him, yes. And how many sacks did he have in the twenty? Yeah, he said that weird. Uh, uh, what he have two? I don't know. Two. Yeah. So they went from two to eighteen and a half, back down to one in seven games. You can blame it all. Oh, it says we strived in the other system. We strived in the second year in the other system. He did diddly squat when they signed him for seventy million as a free agent going into the twenty twenty season. So I think that's an easy explanation. I don't know how much water it actually holds, but I've seen the same things you have that he has been as uh, a double team block as much as any other pass rusher in the National Football League because nobody is afraid of anybody else on that Bears defensive uh, front four. So that I will buy, and you are correct. He's not drawing double teams here in Philadelphia. The, the the Eagles have way too many other guys on the front that you have to be more concerned about than a just added to the mix, Robert Quinn. It's You can't say it's a bad trade because they only gave up a fourth-round pick. They're not paying him. The Bears are paying him. There is no cap hit to be dealt with down the yeah. road because if they can't renegotiate his contract he won't be back on the two years he's got left on his uh contract now and we, we kind of touched on this yesterday about what he does what any trade would do to team chemistry i'm not worried about that and maybe i'm being overly optimistic to go there I just think that this team, through six games and all of the offseason stuff you want to bring into it, uh, I think they're really together as a unit. And I think that stems from Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff and Jalen Hurts as the the quarterback leader of this football team. I, I don't think that will happen. I don't think they'll allow that to happen, that somebody will come in and mess with the chemistry or tear the chemistry apart. Oh, by now, the way. Well, and I don't think this is that type of guy. I mean, from all accounts, he's a, exactly. a great teammate. Roquan Smith broke down when he was told he was traded. So I, I don't think that part of it's going to be a problem. Um, the only problem uh, potentially from a, you know, and I talked about this is playing time. You know, guys get upset. So if somebody takes some playing time away from somebody else. That's my more concern than he's not a bad guy. He's not going to do anything from that standpoint. Um, and the Eagles have a, a very strong leadership. And as I mentioned, not only Jalen Hurts, but the Jason Kelsey's of the world, the Brandon Graham's of the world, the Fletcher Cox's of the world. Um, very strong leadership group. So 
that part I don't think is going to be an issue. And the fourth round pick, I yeah, I don't give a flying black for about a fourth round pick for a Super Bowl contender. Now that's why the Chicago Bears, yeah, they should be collecting fourth round picks, and that's what they're doing. Uh, Robert Quinn can't help them. They're a bad football team. He's going to a good football team, arguably the best football team in the in the NFC, at least. I don't give a rat's ass about a 2023 fourth-round pick. Uh, so from that stand, from the value standpoint, home run, uh, Howie Roseman. Um, no question about it. Uh, not paying the guy. If Chicago's play, paying him to pay here. So they bought a fourth-round pick uh, for a guy who can rush the passer. Now, on the field, even if everything works out and the double-team explanation is a good one or the scheme explanation is a good one, this is another guy who, even when he was good, isn't a good run defender. So, you know, we talked about the tackling issues. You know, how many undersized guys are you going to put on the field? Uh, I keep saying it doesn't matter till it matters, but – you know, when bad weather shows up in January or even Derrick Henry shows up, you know, what are you just going to flip a switch? Somebody wants to run the football and somebody keeps it close. Now, maybe you you combat that by going up by two touchdowns and taking the running game out of it. Are you going to have to play a certain way? Um, that that would be my one concern. This team and and by the way. So rest of the end, the vast majority of the NFL as well. Passing game, passing game, passing game. How do we stop the passing game? And the Eagles are in that category. The uh, So uh, Quinn is, because I see his measurements, he's not a big defensive end, but you would consider him undersized as well, added to the oh, already yeah, undersized said, Eagles defense? 250-pound edge defender. Yeah, that's undersized. Okay. He's a little on the undersized size. I, I'll buy that. Um, here's my only concern about the deal, and, and you've already said that uh, I guess I'm putting slightly more value on the fourth-round pick uh, than you are. And And I don't know. You and I both sat here yesterday and said, we don't think the Eagles really need to make a deal. No, I still they're six and zero for a reason. Yeah. They've been that good. Do they really need to go out and add another piece? So with the the Quinn move is, we'll see what he brings. If he is still a viable pass rusher, he gets a couple sacks over the last uh, 12, 13 games. Uh, excuse me, eleven games of the season. So be it. We'll give Howie that much more credit. It is one pick out of you only have so much draft capital. Every team has a, everybody starts with the same exact thing, seven picks on any given year. You start everybody's got seven picks. They're already down one next year because of other previous trades. Um, this means they're down another one. I know they got two ones, they've also got two sevens, and between the second round and the sixth round, they've got two old picks. Yeah. So they're a little short on picks for next year and Will they be able, if they lose some of the guys, we know how many free agents they have this upcoming season, you have to find replacements for those guys. And you can either go with lesser priced free agents. You hope you can coach them up and get them up to speed and they can be reasonable replacements for the guys. Or you draft potential replacements. And they've got less bullets to fire next year because of the draft. And the one other thing, and this may turn out to be nothing and it's pure speculation on my part on anybody else's part 
The only one who knows for sure is Howie Roseman. It's one less bullet they can fire in another direction. If there is a player that becomes available over the next five days, that's all we got left until Tuesday, five days left, that they would be uh, better uh, upgraded by, and it would take a fourth round pick to get them, well, they don't have that fourth round pick anymore. And how he plays the trade game quite well, working with other teams, as you pointed out a couple times now, they're not even paying him. Veteran minimum. They got the Bears to pay his yeah. uh, big salary. So how he does handle the trade negotiations well, maybe somebody else shakes out in the next five days, becomes available after Sunday's game. Um, because a team loses, they say, all right, we're sitting on the fence as to whether we're going to trade a guy or not. They decide, okay, we're now going to make him available. Um, the Eagles have already committed for a guy at a position where I think they were good as is. I didn't think they needed to upgrade it at pass rusher, at defensive end. They've decided to do just that. Yeah. that. That does scare me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, and obviously you're not the biggest uh, Derek Barnett fan, so when, you know, obviously they had a plan, um, and he went down with the torn ACL. Johnny Mac, they, they could have suited you up to replace Derek Barnett. They I know, have, I know. But let me, let me a, get to my point. They wouldn't have to give up a fourth round pick to get you. It's not it's not about Derek Barnett. It's about the plan. So, um, you know, whatever that was, and we don't know because he got hurt so early, you know, they had a rotational plan. You see it at defensive tackle. They go five deep. They wanted to go four deep. That's why I'm looking up now. Patrick Johnson kind of, beat out Teron Jackson and obviously uh, Teron's gone now. Uh, that's who they cut to make room for Robert Quinn. We'll see if they get him back on the practice squad. Uh, that's going to be an interesting one to see if he gets through waivers because hasn't really done much, but people look at a six and O team and say, Oh, well, maybe we'll take a shot at Teron Jackson. So they might get him back. They might not, you know, Patrick Johnson played 15 reps uh, against Dallas his high was 28 at Washington, which was kind of a blowout game. So it, it, you figure, obviously, they didn't have as much confidence in him as, as Barnett's. Um, so you figure maybe 20 was the, was the plan. Um, and Robert Quinn would fit into that 20. Um, if he gets more than that, you know, I don't know. I For whatever reason, Jody, and this goes back years. Well, I know the reason with Brandon Graham because it's sacks, 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 sacks. And now they got a sack guy. They got a finisher, right? So you see 18 and a half, you see 19, um, you know, in, in his career, 102 total. Is he taking reps away from Brandon Graham? He better not. Is he taking reps away from Josh Sweat? He's not better than Josh Sweat. Eagles, a lot of Eagles fans might think he is because of the name, but he's not. So that's my concern. Um, are they going to try to get him on the field uh, a little bit too much? If it's 15, 20 reps, is he better than Patrick Johnson? Yes, of course. Of course. Um, so from that standpoint, they're, they're a better team. Does it prevent you to get a safety I don't know how many safeties are out there. Maybe you can move Andre Dillard. It seems to be they they have confidence in um, Jack Driscoll a little bit more, that if he's forced in there, maybe he can handle that. 
Um, Tyree Jackson, they started his 21-day practice window. Brett Toth looks ready, you know, but they don't have room for him. So maybe if they can move Andre Dillard, you start Brett Brett Toth, and boom, uh, you got another body. Um, so they can go in a lot of different directions. And you can try to talk a team into 2024. That's more difficult, but how he's good at convincing, especially these young general managers, he 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 swindles them. And and obviously Ryan Poles, he got uh, Quezzy Adopa Mensa uh, earlier with Jalen Rager. He swindles those young guys. So I think it, it can't be a bad trade for the Eagles, but I'm not sure it's the knockdown, drop dead, unbelieve swindle no John's word well that- swindle in the fact that you you get a 32 year old uh veteran edge rusher for essentially nothing uh in, in in when you're a super bowl contender like i said a fourth round pick is nothing because i'm not worried about i'm worried about winning the super bowl i'm not worried about a fourth round pick in next april so but again from the bear standpoint yeah it makes sense that robert quinn's not gonna they're gonna cut him they're not a Super Bowl contender. So from their standpoint, they're like, let's get an extra draft pick and we'll pay whatever, $7 million for a fourth round pick. You think that makes sense? <laughs> $7 million to buy a fourth round pick? Yeah, Ryan Poles got swindled. Doesn't mean Robert Quinn's good. It means from a valuation standpoint, he got swindled. That's all I mean. Yeah, I, I disagree with that. Um, if uh, you're going to continue to pay, you got to pay the guy anyway. So what's the difference? You know, I could just as easily make the argument they got a fourth round pick for free. They weren't going to win with him. They're going to have to pay him anyway. His salary was guaranteed this year. So basically, uh, Howie Rosen just gave him a fourth round pick that they were go- not going to get anyway. And I don't know that his one sack through the first six games was going to do much to help the Bears win games over the second two thirds. Well, you and I season. definitely have a difference on what a fourth round pick is valued. That's, you know, look at the Bears history. Look at the Eagles history. Yeah, you can pick out the outlier. The right. percentages. The percentages of fourth round picks turning into even a guy who generates double teams. So your other crappy defensive linemen can do something, but they can't do anything are negligible. Let's put it that way. He's John, he's Johnny Mac. I'm Jody Mac with the Mac and Mac guys here on Birch 365. We're heading down. No, he's not. He writes for the Delaware News Journal. I always say Delaware, but he's a Pennsylvania guy just the same. Martin Frank's going to join us next year on Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. 
Go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. channel go ahead and hit that like button uh if you're so moved uh mac and mac hanging with you uh we've got two good guests coming your way next hour dave zingaro of nbc sports philly is going to join us and joining us right now is our guy martin frank we haven't had on in a couple of weeks good to see you martin how you been yeah i've been pretty good how about you guys um uh, i'm you you know i'm doing well martin we see each other every <laughs> but by the way i get mixed up Martin's a world traveler now. He's been to Italy uh, this year, uh, and now Sweden. Is that correct? So yeah, I spent I spent the bye week in Sweden. My daughter's studying there, and uh, it was a good opportunity to visit her. Yeah, uh, damn. What the hell week, you do in yeah. Sweden? I, uh, I I saw a bunch of Vikings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, there was a better group than showed up in Philadelphia in week two. Ouch! Shot on goal, McMullen taking yeah. <laughs> the purple people leader shot. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not in love with that team, even though they're five and one. But one team that everybody in Philadelphia is in love with, besides the Phillies, uh, <laughs> it's not the Sixers. Uh, it's the no. six and zero oh Eagles, and they got the big name, Martin Frank. They got the big name. They got the splash, Robert Quinn. 18 and a half sacks. Forget about the one sack in uh, seven games this year. But uh, your your immediate reaction to the trade of adding, adding a veteran edge rusher to the mix. I actually like it. I, I think he'll, he'll fit in pretty well because, you know, he might have been playing too much in Chicago this year. I don't know. 
I don't, I'm not exactly sure what the situation was, why he only had one sack. He, but, he, um, he probably was playing too little because they don't have anything <laughs> on the defensive yeah. line. It's amazing. They used to have Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and Robert Quinn, mm-hmm. and now they got nothing, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I think this would be a good situation for him in that regard because, A, he doesn't have to play 68% of the snaps, and, B, he's probably not going to get double teamed as much as he was in Chicago. And, you know, the the idea is to add more depth on the defensive line so Brandon Graham doesn't have to play a ton. Um, I think he's been, like, at 43%, something like that this year, which is good for him. He's playing well, and, you know, if – by adding someone like Quinn, you can kind of keep him at that level. You can kind of reduce Quinn's playing percentage time, you know, a little bit. Keep keep all these guys fresh. I mean, you got to remember, uh, Quinn is 32 years old. Graham is 34 years old. So, you know, you don't want to wear these guys out before the playoffs start. I mean, I'm assuming, obviously, the Eagles are going to make the playoffs. So, you know, this is a good way to add depth, keep everybody fresh, and keep them playing well. So I, I kind of like the trade. I mean, it didn't give up a whole lot, you know, in a fourth-round pick and everything like that. So it was it was a good move for the Eagles. You just made me think something that uh, I hadn't <laughs> put into the equation yet. How do you not? Um, the Eagles, maybe due to preparation, maybe due to their overall mindset and philosophy, have not been hurt at all on the defensive line this year. They've been really healthy. It only takes one play for that to go by the wayside when a guy uh, turns a knee, turns an ankle, all of a sudden the guy's out of the mix. So if you have a guy like Quinn, you can speculate ahead of time how many snaps he's going to play per game, what's the breakout going to be. Oh, it can change drastically if somebody goes down with an injury. So you do have to factor that in. Uh, everybody immediately wants to put a guy into the lineup and he's going to be able to do that. He's going to be able to produce that. Well, you don't know about injuries because that changes the whole projection for everybody. And that's why you got to give Howie Roseman credit for this one. Right, Martin? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it was kind of, I mean, the issue, I mean, they lost Derek Barnett, you know, in the first, first game of the years. And I think they wanted to work in Teron Jackson, but it just didn't seem like it was working out. I mean, even the game against the Cowboys, they they pretty much went with the three guys and, you know, Sweat, Graham, and, um, you know, Hassan, Hassan. Reddick and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of – if they didn't do anything, it was kind of trending in, into a situation where Graham's going to have to play more and more. And, you know, at a guy his age, he's get, he gets susceptible to injuries. He's only a year removed from his torn Achilles and stuff. And, and I think they were really concerned about him wearing down you know, over the rest of the season and, you know, what would he have left going into the playoffs if they didn't make this move? Um, So I feel it was a good move for them. I I feel like they got better. They got deeper. You know, we're not getting the Robert Quinn of of last season when he had the 18 and a half sacks or even the one year in Dallas where he had 11 and a half, but that's okay. I mean, if he gets a couple sacks, if he, you know, if he mixes in pretty well with the other guys, I, I mean, I think it'll work out just great. Yeah, there's that balance you bring up. I mean, they they had been working Patrick Johnson in a little bit, who's a young player. You mentioned Teron Jackson. They had to wave Teron. Uh, we'll see if he gets through waivers, and they'll probably put him back on the, the practice squad if they can get him through. But um, And then they gave up the fourth-round pick. So, um, And you mentioned the age. Brandon's 34. Robert Quinn's 32. 
you know, where's your feeling on, on, Hey, let's go for the Super Bowl versus eh, we got to be careful with some of these young players. We got to develop them. We got to have them ready when we roll things over, so to speak. Uh, it's kind of difficult balancing act, but I'm in the, Hey, you're a legitimate contender. Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. Um, you know, you only get so many chances. Like, you know, everyone talks about, oh, they're a young team. They'll be good for a couple of years and stuff. Well, you don't know that. I mean, it's the NFL. Like, teams can, like, get better in a hurry. You always see teams going from last place to first place and stuff. So, you know, if you feel like you got something going, then you got to go for it. I mean, you go back to uh, the 2017 season. Um, you know, nobody expected the Eagles to be that good. I think they were, like, 7-1 and one at the break. And, and Howie said, hey. You know, we're a Super Bowl team. Let's reward these guys and let's make a run for it. And he traded for Jay Ajayi. He gave him depth at running back. So, like, Eric Blunt didn't wear down as the season went on. And then, you know, as you saw in the playoffs, I mean, those two were a really good tandem. And I think I think a lot of that thinking went into that deal with Robert Quinn this year. I mean, they felt like, hey, we need some more depth. We got a good veteran guy. He's an upgrade over – you know, a guy like Teron Jackson, a guy like Patrick Johnson. I mean, you know, it, it would be asking a lot for those guys to take up a major role as the season went along. And obviously they've shown that, you know, they're quite not they're not quite up to that yet. So let's go get a proven veteran and, you know, see where it takes us. Should there be any concern? Because I look at this roster now and analyze the snap counts to this point, that Brandon Graham is going to be the guy who's going to pay for more snaps for a guy like Quinn as compared to the couple of young guys that uh, one of which is no longer an Eagle uh, that have been getting those snaps. Uh, Brandon Graham's been doing a great job. If, if you believe pro football focus and their ratings, he's one of the best defensive ends in the national football league. It, do you really need to be reducing the reps of a guy who's one of the best players in the national football league in his position? Um, well, I don't think you're going to be reducing Brandon Graham's snaps all that much. I mean, he was playing like maybe 43, 45% of the snaps. Yeah, he's on, he's on there. a pitch count because yeah. you know, coming, on, coming off the Achilles' his age. Uh, Eagles have done a good job with him. I, I'll throw in, since Jody said Brandon, I'll throw in Josh Sweat because for whatever reason – there's a lot, I'm not going to say everybody, but there's a lot of fans who don't realize Josh Sweat's a pretty damn good player. Josh Sweat mm -hmm. is, I'm more concerned about him losing reps than, than Brandon. I think, I think Sweat will lose some reps, but that might not be a bad thing either. I mean, I'm not talking about like a significant reduction in snaps or anything like that, but you know, maybe like three or four fewer snaps here, maybe take like one or two from Brandon Graham, you know, maybe a couple here here and there from Hassan Reddick. I mean, it, it can work. And, you know, it's also not going to happen overnight. I mean, you know, Robert Quinn's probably coming in today for his physical. I mean, I'm guessing he probably won't play Sunday. Or if he does, maybe a few snaps here and there. Um, but it could be like a gradual thing, you know, as he gets used to the playbook, as he gets used to the defense. Um you know, maybe you bring them along a little bit slowly the first couple of weeks and then you see where, where you are. I mean, you know, maybe two or three weeks down the road, you look at it and say, all right, well, we can we can give Robert Quinn a bigger role and stuff. And, you know, maybe we can take away a few snaps here and there from some of the other guys. You know, you got to 
there's a way to make it work, I guess. And that's going to be up to Jonathan Gannon to figure out. And, you know, that's why they have him as the defensive coordinator to figure out these things. So um, we'll see where it takes us. But um, overall, I mean, I, I think Robert Quinn, you know, it takes some sacrifice from guys. And, you know, we've seen BG over the years, like probably the most team oriented yeah. Um, yeah. kind of guy. So, you know, I'm sure he'd be willing to make it work. And, you know, he's not going to complain if they take away a few snaps here and there. And he's as much of a respected leader on the team that if other guys are starting to kind of wonder about that, he'll talk to them and everything like that. So, you know, he'll make it work. He knows this is like probably his last chance and he wants a Super Bowl and he'll do whatever it takes. And and that's one of the things that you have to also weigh when you make a trade like this is how it's going to react, you know, with the other guys on the team and everything. So, you know, a guy like Brandon Graham is like the last thing the Eagles going to worry about, you know, as far as bringing in someone like Robert Quinn, I mean, he'll make it work. He'll find a way and he'll make sure the other guys understand that too. All right, Martin, everybody's going to be watching Robert Quinn and the guys in and out on the defensive line as the first game after the bye. What should we all be focusing in on the offense? Anything different, any change, any uh, change of philosophy as to how they do things? They're 6-0, and they're one of the better offensive teams statistically in football. They just come out and say, all right, we'll just keep doing what we're doing because we don't think you're going to be able to stop us. What should we be keeping our eye on on the Eagles offense Sunday against the Steelers? Yeah, I mean, I think as the season goes along, like teams are going to focus more on Jalen Hurts and they're going to focus more on on trying to stop him and, you know, whether that takes like a spy or something like that. So, I mean, Jalen Hurts has to adjust to their adjustments. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like a pitcher and stuff. When, when you're like mowing everybody down, you keep doing it until the hitters adjust and then you have to adjust. So, um I think there'll be a little bit of that. I mean, they're still going to do what they do. I mean, you know, if Jalen Hurts is is on his on his game and he's hitting AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, I mean, it's it's hard to stop no matter if you know it's coming or not. And yeah. then yeah, the running aspect with him and and Miles Sanders. So, um, you know, if teams load up to stop Hurts's running attack and stuff then he keeps hitting you know hitting like the other receivers and stuff like that otherwise you know if they focus more on on trying to shut down aj brown well you still have Devonte smith you still have dallas goddard you know so they have a lot of weapons and they have a lot of options so you would think if teams adjust to what the eagles are doing well right now they can find another way to to get it done yeah i thought it was interesting jalen never gives us a lot but i thought it was interesting when he was talking about his buy that he specifically mentioned he sought out uh jonathan gannon and asked him and mm-hmm. you know, his self-scout how would you deal with me how would you deal how would you as a defensive mind stop with that um i think you know it seems like common sense but i don't hear a lot of quarterbacks doing that so i i'm i'm always impressed with the way jalen hurts goes about his business but I, I want to shift gears, Martin, and talk about one thing Jody brought up, which is a good point. Um, and and that's the Eagles sort of having a big donut in, in next year's draft. So, you know, they have the two first-round picks. They have a two or three. Now they don't have a four, five, and six before they have two more in the seventh. 
They they still need a safety, a backup safety. I think that's their weakest position. If you if especially if you saw Kayvon Wallace those sixteen reps when Chauncey yeah. Gardner Johnson went down against Dallas. Um backup running back we talked about, uh backup tight end, but they started the practice window on Tyree Jackson. Maybe they're counting on that. Um you don't really have that mid-level pick now to go get a backup safety. Any any concern, or do you think maybe an Andre Dillard might move? Or are we done at the trade then, Len? This is it. Yeah, um, you mentioned, obviously, we saw the big drop-off with uh, Kayvon Wallace, um, you know, last, last game and everything like that. And see that's why like a lot of people say well they should trade Andre Dillard you can get a mid-round pick for him and stuff like that but then you know that would create an issue of depth on the offensive line and I don't think the Eagles really want to want to test that I mean Jordan Maylott has pretty much already missed two games with an injury uh Jack Driscoll filled in there Lane Johnson missed the second half against the Cowboys with the concussion and you saw like a similar drop off and and this is not a knock on Jack Driscoll, but he's not Lane Johnson. I mean, nobody is. Nobody. You know, there was a big, there was a pretty big drop off there between, you know, when Lane Johnson went out and when Jack Driscoll took over in the second half. So, you know, you run that risk if you trade a guy like Andre Dillard, who is a decent backup. I mean, is a good backup. I mean, he's probably good enough to start on another a number of teams. So, like, you know, if something happens to Melada, you can plug in Andre Dillard, not really miss a whole lot. Um, you know, the problem is Andre Dillard can't really play right tackle, so he's not like the swing guy necessarily. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's a risk. I mean, if they do trade Andre Dillard, he would be the guy who would bring you one of those mid-round picks and kind of like lessen the gap and stuff like that um, between like their third-round pick and their seventh-round pick. But at the same time, I mean, you can address those concerns in the offseason. I mean – yeah, Dillard will be a free agent, so you'll you'll lose him for nothing. So, you know, on the other hand, you can be like, well, you know, at least now we can get something for him as opposed to not getting anything. Right. Here's Here would be my take on the whole Dillard thing. If you're not going to get a second or third round pick, if you're only getting a fourth round pick, well, that means you're getting nothing. Because John just told me a fourth round pick was nothing that they gave up to Chicago. Well, would you accept nothing back in return for the safety net that is Andre Dillard? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the, that's the question. I mean, if I'm the Eagles and I just made a trade for Robert Quinn because I'm going for the Super Bowl, you know, why would I trade Andre Dillard who, you yeah. know, if something happens, can help us get to the Super Bowl? I mean, it's the same type of thinking. I mean, if you're all in, you're all in. So I, I personally don't think that Andre Dillard would be traded, but, you know, there are other ways, like in the offseason, they can – find a way to get a fourth round pick or a fifth round yeah, pick. Yeah, yeah. And like to to clarify, nothing for the Eagles because they don't they're a Super Bowl contender. So that Super Bowl contender falls in. I don't give a flying, you know what, about a fourth round pick when I'm a Super Bowl contender. Right. The fourth round pick next year. But here's where it comes in with Andre Dillard. If you can do player for player, if you can do Andre Dillard for a backup safety Somewhere around the league, some people have speculated Jonathan Abrams. I, I don't know if he's a fit uh, for what the Eagles do, but if you could pull off a player-for-player player trade and say, well, 
Jack Driscoll, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's not as good as 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 Jordan Mylott or Lane Johnson or even Andre Dillard at left tackle, but he's better than Kayvon Wallace is as backup safety. So that's kind of my where I'm weighing it. So if you can maybe get player for player with Andre Dillard, I think that might be a way to go. But I'm with you. If they don't get a third round pick for Andre Dillard, they're not going to trade. Yeah, for draft capital. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, you guys see this because you're down there. Um, I think one of the things will influence the thought process on Dillard is uh, Brett Toth and when or if he's going to be ready. Um, you say he's out there in practice. He's moving fine. He looks good. Um, they haven't activated his window the same way they have with Tyree Jackson. Are we expecting Toth to not be a contributor this year, not be ready? Where Where do you think his status sits, guys? I, I would say that um, <laughs> probably not as a contributor. I mean, what is what is Brett Toth done like in his career? And he's coming off an ACL, so it's it's not like you can just plug in the guy and say, all right, you're the backup left tackle, you're the backup right tackle. I mean, he still needs to practice. He still needs a couple of weeks and everything. It's not like a yeah. plug-and-play type of I, thing you with know, a guy I, like that. I was seeing Brett. Brett was there yesterday taking mental reps, doing the everything in the background. He, he looks ready, and I've talked to him a couple of times. I think the Eagles are just stashing him now because, you know, they don't have room for him. But obviously, if 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 they moved uh, Andre, they probably start his practice window, and then maybe he'd be more involved. Yeah, he's a versatile player, but you know Stoutland, he likes certain guys. Josh Navy Sills, for instance. I mean, <laughs> nobody thinks about Josh Sills, but he loves him, and he thinks he's going to be a a good player. And the you know Stout usually deserves the benefit of the doubt. My my. My thing about Dillard is you have so much depth on the offensive line. And, you know, it's like I said with the Driscoll comp. Yeah, maybe he's not quite as good as Andre Dillard at left tackle, but he proved he could hold up when Jordan Mailata was down. And Kayvon Wallace kind of proved he couldn't hold up. So that's kind of my differential uh, between those two depth positions. But anytime you lose good players, it's not going to be – it's not going to be as good. So, you know, I don't want to get Jalen Hurts upset. So I want to get one question in about the Pittsburgh Steelers, Martin Frank, because the <laughs> Eagles do have a football game coming up this week. Right. And it's not the typical Steelers that we think of that have been so good since 1969, three coaches, six Super Bowls. All three coaches have uh, Lombardi trophies. This is a bad Pittsburgh team. You know, I was thinking about this. I could make a case, even going back to week one, and Jody knows this, I thought Detroit was going to be tougher than people realized. I turned out to be right on that one. Now they prepped the bed since, as usual. Uh, Even Jacksonville coming in, I said, well, you know, Doug, Trevor Lawrence, bad weather, uh, who knows. I can't buy – this team stinks – the Eagles should lap this team lap and a half. Is there any reason to be concerned with the Pittsburgh Steelers right now? I know Mike Tomlin's still evaluating, but. Uh... <laughs> well, the one thing about the Steelers, um, they have really good wide receivers. Um, and, you know, Kenny Pickett can run around a little bit. Um, you know, he's only played a couple games and everything. I don't think the Eagles have a 
you know, book on him per se. Um, you know, if he gets some time to throw, he can hit his wide receivers. Um, you know, they can cause some problems for, for the Eagles. But other than that, I mean, you know, the Steelers' offensive line is is not good. Um, T.J. Watt is still out. I mean, I guess they opened his practice window, but I, I, I yeah, doubt he, he if did, he's uh, going to be I, activated. Yeah. They have the bye week after this game, so I don't think they're going to push him. Right. Um, yeah, that would be the one concern if T.J. Watt was back. But uh, they have some good players. I mean, uh, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, who Jalen Hurts loves, obviously, uh, is a really mm-hmm. good player. Yeah. Cam Hayward's a really good player, really good player. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Najee Harris is a good player running back. So maybe I'm overstating it. But, yeah, I just don't think Kenny Pickett's ready to play. And anytime you have a, a quarterback – and remember – this is Mike Tomlin's 16th season, Martin. He's never had a losing season. Right. He's have that's a incredible. Season. Yeah. He's Here's the one thing that scares me about this Sunday's match, and it's not much. Uh, I'm with you guys. I think the Eagles are going to win. They're probably going to win handily. But if uh, there were one thing to jump up and bite them, as good as Bradbury and Slay are, have been, uh, been through the first six games of the season, neither one of them is six foot two. And Chase Claypool is six foot four, and Pickens is six foot three. Now, yeah, is they... is their quarterback good enough to throw those high balls that they can high point and go up and get on contested plays against good eagle coverage corners? You got to have a real good quarterback to be able to take advantage of something like that. And I don't know, Pickett is that guy right now. Right. But they do have a specific height advantage matching up their wide receivers against Eagles DBs. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the Steelers wide receivers. I mean, Pickens looks like he's he's going to be enough. Like the Steelers have a knack for like finding wide receivers um, in the draft. I mean, probably unlike any other team. I mean, you know, you go back to Antonio Brown was a six round pick. You know, Deontay Johnson they got I think in the third round. You know, Pickens was a second round pick. Um, you know, Claypool another second round pick. You know they. <laughs> You know, uh, Tomlin was asked yesterday, like, you know, you have any regrets about, you know, not, tr- you know, because he went like four picks before Jalen Hurts. And, you know, the Steelers obviously have moved on from Ben Roethlisberger and stuff. So, but I mean, Claypool's a good wide receiver. I mean, you yeah, know, we is. saw two yeah. years ago, he pretty much torched Nathan Gary for, you know, the game winning touchdown, you know, in that game. That's a, two bad, years ago. that's a bad coverage game. <laughs> I like Jim Schwartz. Everybody knows, but yeah, but I think team. like a lot of Eagles fans still have images of yeah, you know Claypool running past Nathan Gary and catching that thirty-five yard touchdown pass from Roethlisberger. So I mean, yeah. they have good receivers, um, you know, and maybe Pickett's the guy who can, you know. I just don't think that you know it, it's Pickett's time yet. I I still think he has a ways to go before he can take advantage of defenses the way Roethlisberger did. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, they have some weapons. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, anytime you lose a Hall of Fame quarterback, it's going to be difficult. Got to take your medicine for a few years. He is Martin Frank at MFrankNFL. Follow him on Twitter. Read him, DelawareOnline.com. The official paper of record for the president, of the United States and Martin Frank and Martin Frank. Happy Robert Quinn day. I will see you in uh, a few hours, Martin. All right. Well, thanks for having me as always. Appreciate it.
Martin Frank here with us on Birds 365. All right. He's Johnny Mac. I'm Jody Mac. Mac and Mac, guys. We got Dave Zingaro of NBC Sports Philly joining us in hour number two. Come back. Uh, we'll take a little bit of a peek around the league. Uh, John and I are not, not going to get on the record officially till tomorrow about the Eagles and the Steelers. You don't have to do much reading between the lines here to see that we both kind of think the Eagles are in a good spot coming up this weekend against their opposition. Um, but there are some other key games around the National Football League this week, the divisional matchups. Giants and Cowboys are still just off the Eagles' flank. Even though they're the only undefeated team in the league, Giants have six wins, same as the Eagles, because they didn't have a bye last week like the Eagles did. And the Cowboys aren't that far off either. So I want to get Johnny Mack's thoughts on those games. A couple of things going around the league. Uh, we got David Zingaro joining us next hour. No reason for you to leave the stream here on Birds 365. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondly hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean.
appreciate your stream nine in. Um, I don't think I've asked you to ask the peeps to do what we ask them to do in a while, Johnny Mac. What do we need everybody tuned in? You gotta right like now? it. We got 486. We've been up over 500 on Robert Quinn Day live streamers. So, uh, thanks to everyone listening. But like, share, and subscribe while you're here. Yeah, show a little love to your Mac and Mac buddies. All right. Uh, one other thing from yesterday, and uh, I did see the snapshot you took, some uh, power players getting around and about yesterday in that group was Lane Johnson. The coach said Lane is still in the concussion protocol, but Lane said, yeah, get ready to watch me play on Sunday. I'm going to be good to go by then. Um, you get that from time to time. Players might be overstating their availability. Why? Because they're warriors. That's what they do. Lane Johnson's a warrior. So, of course, he's going to tell you he's going to be good to go. Uh, weighing what the coach was saying and the player was saying, what's your uh, best guess scenario on Lane's availability for Sunday? Uh, he's going to play. Uh, you know, they, they, he's in the protocol because of the timing, because uh, they had the bye week, so nobody – does anything and there's no practice so there's no reason but he was already at practice in a limited fashion which indicates he's in the final phase of the protocol on a Wednesday so that's that's very good uh indication and you know maybe it would be would be different in Miami here yeah he's gonna play he's gonna play on Sunday don't worry about it that that's funny that you say that because and and I understand where you're coming from, and you're probably right. It shouldn't be. No, Miami oh, should no. be the same as Philadelphia, no. which should oh, be yeah. the same as Denver, which should be the same as LA, which should be the same as Minnesota. Oh, there yeah. should be no difference whatsoever with the nope. 32 teams and how they handle concussion protocols. It's supposed to be a standard across the board way of deciding things, but different teams do you're, it differently you're, you're, or expect the different things. You're preaching to the choir, uh, Jody. That Dolphins thing, I've been talking about it for weeks. It's absurd. It's absurd. And it's not the Dolphins. It's the league uh, because there's a higher profile because of what went on. Um, the, the most laughable part of all, well, there's two ones that it, no matter how many people say it, no matter how many people say it, Tua Tunga Bailoa did not get diagnosed with two concussions. One, people, one. And that was the second one that you think he had a concussion. Well, he didn't, according to the neurologist, who I'm going to rely on. Call me crazy, but I'm going to rely on them. Now, until somebody says, oh, no, they wanted two of the play. They wanted the Dolphins to win. If anybody has that smoking gun, I'll reevaluate my position. Until that point, I'm not going to reevaluate it and listen to some uh, know nothing on Twitter over the neurologist. All right, that's number one. Number two was even worse, the Teddy Bridgewater situation. When uh, Skylar Thompson got hurt, um, what, what game was that? Uh, uh, Skylar yeah, Thompson started. Yeah, a week and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, and Teddy Bridgewater was cleared uh, from his concussion, which was officially diagnosed but they wouldn't start him because of what went on. And then the other guy got hurt and he had to play anyway. And, and he goes fine. in. Yeah. Ridiculous. It, 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 it's absurd, Jody. It's absurd. 
Well, hopefully for the Dolphins' sake, because you know that's my pick to be in the Super Bowl with the Eagles this year. Uh, they all have uh, cleared concussion protocol going forward. Two have played this past week. Good enough to win. Wasn't great. Um, but I didn't think he needed to be great. He just needed to come back. And well, he had some rust as well because he's right. been out so long. Yeah. But uh, he, he he was good enough to, to find a way to win. Uh, and I thought that was the, the most important thing for the Dolphins. All right. So the Steelers come to town this week here in Philadelphia. We'll give you more on the game coming up. Dave Zingaro is going to join us. We're certainly going to get his Robert Quinn thoughts, but also the matchup with the Eagles. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This weekend, the other two teams at the top of the NFC East. Right now, players were to end. Certainly, uh, players were to start. Eagles would be the number one seed. But the Giants would be in via wild card, and the Cowboys would be in via wild card. Three teams from the NFC East. God, what kind of money you could have made if you could have made that bet. Three NFC East teams in the playoffs before the year started. The odds would have been, uh, not would have been astronomical, but that's the case as of right now. The Cowboys host the Bears, and the Bears will be without Robert Quinn because he's going to be here in Philadelphia. But Robert Quinn wasn't doing a whole hell of a lot for Chicago anyway. Wasn't making much of a difference. He had eight tackles in seven games. That really is. I, 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 you have to go back and break down the game film, and I'll, I'll take the reporter's words on it, that he was double teamed as much as anybody in the National Football League. Well, that's why his numbers were minuscule. But I don't know if taking Robert Quinn out of their lineup at the time, at this time, makes them that much lesser a defense. Uh, they played quite well in their last game against New England. Uh, Justin Fields had uh, one of his best games, if not his best game as a pro. Bears got any chance to go down to Dallas, pull a little bit of an upset, Johnny Mack? They walked into New England and blew the Patriots off the field yeah, by 20 points. I, I, don't, I don't think so. You know, when you talk about, um, you know, we, we talked about Ryan Poles a little bit and, and the trade from his perspective, which makes some sense. And um, that's what he said. But, you know, the calendar is what the calendar is, right? The trade deadline's November 1st. Because the NFC is so terrible as a whole, I believe the Bears are a half game out of a wild card spot right now. <laughs> the Chicago Bears. But so the, the bad part of that trade is the message it sends to the locker room. Now, I always say self-evaluation is the toughest thing to do. So I get Brian Poles credit for that. His team stinks. His te he knows his team stinks. He knows his team's not making playoffs. So from his perspective, um, 
you, you make the deal. But that sends a bad message to a locker room fighting to win games, coming off a win against New England, uh, going into Dallas. So, yeah, I don't, I, you know, that sends a very bad message to the locker room when, when you, but he had to do it. And those are the difficult decisions you have to make. Here's where I agree with you on this, um, because it, it cuts both ways that the Eagles went out and added a, a guy who can contribute for them. We'll see how much it is. Could be gigantic, could be solid, could be next to nothing. Um, but they did a they did a deal. They made a move. They uh, traded for a guy with a hell of a uh, career resume. And what kind of an effect does it have on the rest of the team? Do the guys go, yeah, they really believe in us. They went out and got a guy like Robert Quinn. This shows how committed the organization is. I think people overstate and overrate what it does to the mindset of a team. As a matter of fact, I think the point that you were just making, I think it actually shows more on the downside, on the negative side. When a guy like Robert Quinn, who, yeah, didn't have much of a season, but had 18 and a half sacks last year and a whole bunch of the Bears players were there last year who were still there this year go, oh, yeah, they got a lot of confidence in us. They're trading a guy who's on the team for a yeah. future draft pick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, they think a lot of our chances to be able to get there. And, and, and yeah, they're only a half game out. And they just came off their biggest win of the season. And you just saw Roquan Swift. You, you saw it live. Right? He got asked on the podium yesterday in Chicago about the trade, and he broke down. Yeah. That's how much respect he had for Robert Quinn. And he's their best defensive player, Roquan Smith. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you're you're signaling to your locker room we don't believe in you. We, but, and by the way, I think Ryan Pulse is right. That's the difficult part of the job. They're not going to make the playoffs, even though they're a half game out. They weren't going to make the playoffs with Robert Quinn. They're certainly not going to make the playoffs without Robert Quinn. He knows that. And he made the difficult decision. You have to pull the trigger when you have to pull the trigger because the, 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 the deadline is what the deadline is. You'd prefer to wait until you're completely out of it but the NFC is so bad, you're not going to be completely out of it. So it's a difficult decision. But it has an impact on the locker room because you make that clear Nick Sirianni like slapping at the table. We don't believe in you is basically what Ryan Paul said. And oh, by the way, I think the timing of the trade tells you something as well. Because what happens if they do go in and beat Dallas this week and they hadn't made the trade yet? Now the general man's got to pull the trigger on a deal because Howie Roseman still wants the player. And now he's got to put up with even more. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Check no. the standings. We're yeah. still in. It's what the hell are you doing trading one of our guys? We've got a chance to make the playoffs. So I think they didn't even want to wait till next week to do the deal. I think they wanted to do it ahead of time because it could have looked even worse if they went ahead and beat the Cowboys, which even without Robert Quinn, even without uh, a couple of the guys being completely motivated and maybe a little more ticked off than focused, I think they got a chance going in winning Dallas. I do. I think that uh, their defense with Robert Quinn, but he wasn't necessarily the guy or the reason why it was, was improving. It seemed like they had fields more up to speed, more in step with what the offensive coordinator wanted on Monday night. I think the Bears have a chance going in Dallas and win. Well, it is the NFL. I think, you know, Jimmy had a great line yesterday. Jimmy 
uh, Kemsky. It's not, you know, Clemson scheduling Wofford, uh, you know, all and I, and I kind of did it with Pittsburgh as well. You know, Pittsburgh, you know, if Najee Harris, Harris comes in, runs for 175 and Cam Hayward wrecks the game, I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick gets a couple turnovers. They have really good players. Um, it isn't Wofford. There's no Woffords in the NFL. Um, and Chicago's in that category as well. I, I mean, I like Dallas's defense. I think their defense is legit. I think it's really as legit as you can be in the modern NFL. Um, I think they're really good defensively. Um, offensively, eh, they're, they're not uh, going to scare anybody, especially with Dak Prescott still getting his rust off. Um, and, oh, by the way, Zeke might not play this week. Yeah, and they've, they've really made that Pollard Zeke thing work, alternating back and forth. Both talented players, different kind of skill sets. Uh, at least as per what I read this morning, uh, he's questionable, if not uh, doubtful, for the game on Sunday. Yeah, I think they're gonna. Uh, you mentioned Beals. I mean, I've criticized their um, coaching staff, and you know, hopefully they're. M more malleable and trying to build things around Justin Fields. But early in the season, they were just, you know, they hired a scheme, right? They, they, they made the old mistake. They hired a scheme and they said, all right, you fit in this scheme and it should be the opposite. Hopefully they're figuring that out. Uh, but I still think there's going to be growing pains. And you, you don't fix growing pains against maybe the best defense. You do that against some of the, the worst defenses. So I, you know, and then there's the consistency factor of young players who struggle. They're probably not going to play well consistently. So coming off a good game, expect a bad game. Yeah, I don't. I expect a good game. And oh, by the way, Cowboys almost as big a favorite over the Bears as the Eagles are over the Steelers. Eagles are 10 and a half. The Cowboys are nine and a half down in Dallas against the Bears. I can tell you right now, I'm taking the nine and a half with Chicago. All right. Um, other game, Eagle fans should have eyes on be the uh, late afternoon game. So after the Eagles finish up with the Steelers, you can turn your attention to Giants Seahawks in Seattle. Yeah. How about that? By the way, Jody, I believe I have to look. I believe, yeah, the 49ers are playing the Rams at 425. Um, who would have thought the Giants at the Seahawks would be the bigger 425 game, at least at this stage? And eh, that's, you know, six and one against the leaders of the NFC West. That's the bigger game, technically. Thanks. Let, let me restate this, and I know some, some people really get annoyed by this, which I don't understand their annoyance level, the whole if the playoffs were to start today. I know they're not starting today. It's just an attempt to put something into a context or a focus. If the playoffs were to start today, both the Giants and the Seahawks would be in. Now, as much as John and I have stated, we're pretty surprised that the Giants are 6-1 at this stage, kind of caught us off guard. Even more so, the Seahawks. Are you kidding me? I thought they were vying for the number yeah. one pick of the draft. Yeah. That, okay, Gino Smith, you can clipboard, you can hold the quarterback for all 17 games if you want. We know they're going to have another quarterback next year. Oh, no. 
Geno Smith has been one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League so far this year. So the Giants are going to get tested this week, too. On the road in Seattle, maybe surprisingly. Giants are surprisingly 6-1. and one. Well, for me, the Seahawks are surprisingly 4-3. and three. I think they got their uh, work cut out for them on Sunday. Yeah, and, and, and that is a very difficult place to play, uh, Seattle, um, in general. Not only do you have the travel, uh, but it's just one of the loudest buildings in the NFL. Now, you thought maybe in a bad team it'd be a little bit easier this year, but they're a good team. So those fans are going to show up like they always do. Are really tough place to win. So it is going to be a tough uh, test for the Giants and, you know, Brian Dayball's been rolling sevens, as we said. I mean, they're winning games, and there's something to that. I mean, I I constantly talk about the Giants in Minnesota, but there's something to winning games in this league. So many games are close, and that's a treat. And when you when you're successful in that, and it might just last for a season because you don't have tremendous talent, but. We're going to start having, well, not you, but me. I'm going to start ha- giving the Giants a, a little bit more credit because they keep winning games. And yeah, I, I'd moved them up already, not, not through the roof. It's not like, oh, my God, Giants are going to the Super Bowl. I'm giving a little bit more credit than you are, but not a whole hell of a lot more because, yeah, I'm still surprised that the Giants are 6-1. and I, I don't love their roster, but, yeah, they, they have a winning at it and just – belief and a winning attitude in these games and it seems like giant every game, giant game well i think every game they played this year has been decided in the fourth quarter yeah and a lot of times the giants have had to rally come from behind that's a pretty good trait to have to be able to come from behind with a solid not spectacular type roster that is belief in themselves and belief in their coaching staff yeah, and same thing with Seattle to a lesser degree, but uh, you, you know, you you know Geno Smith well uh, from his time with the Jets. Um, Shocking the snot out of me. Yeah, I mean, uh, he he's playing well. He's he's not. It, it's not about him. Sort of game that we talk about Cooper Rush being a game manager when he was in for down. Geno's playing well. Not that he. he I, I, I'll have to look at the numbers, but I know at one point uh, Pro Football Focus earlier in the season had him number one in the entire NFL. Now he hasn't kept up that pace, um, but that gives you an indication of how well he's been playing. It's not just uh, they're winning games despite Geno Smith. Right now he's number four. Yeah. So, I mean, he's one spot ahead of Jalen Hurts who's number two in the MVP race. So that's how well Geno Smith has been playing. And I didn't see it coming, but they too have a big question mark for this Sunday. Looks like Metcalf's going to be out. He got hurt in last week's game. Um, and Lockett, I think, missed practice yesterday. So they need their – you know who uh, stepped up big for them? You were covering the team when he was here. I gave him a game ball on CBS Sports on Sunday on uh, my late afternoon show with Zach Gelb. Um, Marquise Goodwin. Made yeah, a Marquise. Of, uh, yeah. No, made a I was. Big I, I, when uh, uh, Metcalf went out the other day. I was here when he was here, 
but he was never here. Right. Marquise Goodwin never showed up to Philadelphia. That was the pandemic. The Eagles made the trade. They were bringing him. Never showed up to Philadelphia. Not one day took a, a step in the facility. So he was here in spirit only. Uh, Name Marquise. and spirit, but never uh, literally in the yeah. uh, Eagles uh, facilities. Uh, but damn, if he didn't stick around, I thought he was done when that happened. As a matter of fact, because he well, was he, just... he 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 was one of the guys who opted out because he had some kind of family issue. I think one of his kids had some. So there was a lot of concern. So the Eagles traded for him. It wasn't like he was not going to show up. But then the pandemic happened, and he opted out of the entire season. Um, uh, Tone said he had a newborn. Um, and he just had a lot of concerns about being around. And a lot of people were scared about COVID at that point. And he opted out. And then the next season came and the Eagles uh, uh, voided the trade. Never spent a day in Philadelphia. Yeah. Right. And went and ended up going back to San Francisco. But I thought uh, that because he was a guy whose game was completely and totally built on speed yeah. um it was Devin type, Allen before Devin Allen right Olympic type <laughs> sprinter and hurdler um so I thought that he would be hard pressed to get back into the league to merit a spot yeah yes uh, moved on from San Francisco to Seattle caught two touchdown passes last week I I think he his wife lost two different babies uh prior to birth stillborns and the like so yeah very tough times and sure enough they finally did carry their newborn during the pandemic is when he actually had his his first child so kind of guy that you wanted to root for and i saw that he got two touchdowns filling in for metcalf i said what the hell let's give him a game by he, he wasn't one of the top four players in the nfl but because it was a good story i said uh, let's go ahead and, and give him a game ball um but he might have to do it again this week if seattle is is down uh, wide receivers this upcoming week uh all right other games around the national football league i uh, you know you can't move off the uh nfc east it seems like the when you're an eagles fan it all revolves around the uh, nfc east taylor heineke to the rescue again in washington johnny mac no you don't believe in the giants do you believe in taylor heineke yeah why not taylor heineke against sam ellinger i'll go taylor heineke and that matchup of uh heavyweight quarterbacks uh uh yeah i i think washington is better with taylor heineke than carson so do i, I so just do, I. do um uh i use that term plucky and he doesn't have a lot of uh traits you generally look for when you talk about great nfl quarterbacks but i think he's a good backup um, I think he makes things more difficult on the opposing teams. He's not going to make nearly as many mistakes. Uh, game manager, basically, who can make a play with his legs occasionally. Um, yeah, I think Washington is more dangerous with Taylor Heineken. It's funny. You know who he reminds me of? A guy he was competing with just two years ago, Alex Smith that Alex Smith didn't have the trace that you wanted from a franchise court, drop back, cock it off the ear, zip it 20 yards on a line to a uh, wide receiver doing the toe tap special on the side. No, he's never doing that. But Alex Smith never did that either. And Alex Smith won a lot of football games. Well, Alex Smith won a ton of football. I would say, you know, Alex Smith was the number one pick in the draft. So he had some traits at one point in his career. 
But, uh, you know, Taylor Heineke was undrafted out of, I believe, Old Dominion. I believe he was a, a Travis Fulgham. ODU or VCU. Uh, I get those two confused. I, I believe I believe it was Old Dominion. Old Dominion. I'll, dub, I'll, I'll double check that. So, um, yeah, he he's, you know, he, he he's small. He's 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 too short, supposedly. He's, doesn't have great arm strength. He's more athletic than people realize. He can do some things with his legs. Um, I like him as a backup quarterback. Now, I don't love him as a starting quarterback, but look, Carson is – I don't think he's a starting quarterback in this league any longer, and I think he keeps proving that. Uh, and the maybe even more interesting part, we got Dave Zingau joining us in just a couple of minutes here. Um, what the hell are the Colts doing? I don't know. I, I, Frank Reich, oh, the Eagles won the Super Bowl because of Frank Reich. He went to Indianapolis, made the playoffs a couple of times. The last couple of years have been a stone-cold mess in Indianapolis. And they're at 3-3-1, and one, so they're still in the mix. I'm not writing them off, but they're pulling the plug on Matt Ryan already. Yeah, And I've make, watched I'll, a couple I'll of their games. By the way, Taylor Heineke, real quick, is Old Dominion. Old Dominion. The Old Dominion Monarchs. Um, but uh, with, with you know, Andrew Luck's retirement, you look back on that, that devastated that, that franchise. I mean, they just can't get it right. Now, they did have Phillip Rivers for the one year who played very well that one year. And Nick Sirianni won't stop talking about it. Shane Steichen, they love that guy so much. Um, and, but he retired, and it was the end of his career. It, it, and and they tried to do it again with Matt Ryan. At some point, I guess you got to do what Pittsburgh's doing, what Chicago's doing, and just bite the bullet and try to develop somebody. Um, and what the Eagles are, did, uh, really, which yeah. Yeah. hurts. Yeah. Um, Carson Wentz kind of held the gun to the head, but yeah. they did. Doug pulled him before he knew that Carson was going to demand a trade going out of town. So exactly right. Give Doug Peterson credit. Yeah. I am I mean, they just need to bite the bullet. And, you know. But are they doing that with Sam Ellinger? I don't think so. But they're going to bring somebody up. I don't think he has that kind of upside, but we'll we'll see. I'm, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. Neither might, do I. Yeah. And, oh, by the way. Maybe the problem in Indianapolis the last two years is they don't have Nick Sirianni anymore. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe uh, you could you could certainly make that correlation, especially what you see what Nick has done here. They certainly haven't been the same. It's a fair point. He is uh, John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. Mac and Mac guy is going to talk to Dave Zingaro. He's coming up next. Mr. NBC Sports Philly on the Eagles going to join us here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
Jafti Ambrosio Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at dvigi.com. dvigi.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. We got our buddy Dave Zingaro jumping in with us. He, too, knows how to uh, cover that uh, chin up. And he does so with darker hair than either McMullen or I, so we're jealous on yeah. that front. Uh, Dave Z, how was your down week? It was good. Um, I escaped for a few days. I was in West Virginia doing some hiking. and There we go. Yeah, Dave's a world. Hiking. We had World Traveler Day. Dave, uh, Dave's a big traveler as well. We had Martin Frank on in hour one, Dave. He went to uh, Sweden. Uh, oh, he beats I, me. Yeah, yeah, that's a little bit farther than West Virginia. Did, but... did you see any Swedes on the trail in West Virginia? Ah, uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get everyone's life story, but it didn't was, get. Uh, yeah, nice. didn't get the uh, Sweden talk. Happy yeah. Robert Quinn Day, Dave. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, your first thoughts on the big trade, the big splash, uh, bringing in eighteen and a half sack Robert Quinn last year. Yeah. Not this year, which is one, but uh, your thoughts on the trade? It makes sense. Uh, defensive end is a position that, like, even going back to the draft, I thought they might address really early. And they didn't. I, I know they, they got Hassan Reddick as an edge player, uh, and that kind of fit the bill. But then when they lost Derek Barnett, they were trying to kind of piece it together with 
Patrick Johnson, who I think has actually played fairly well. Yeah, so And Teron Jackson, who, I mean, wasn't playing great. No. And, and really, this is like, you're going to replace those two guys with Robert Quinn, which is an upgrade, you know? He's, and they didn't give up a whole lot to get him. I mean, they gave up a fourth-round pick to get Robert Quinn. They gave up a fourth-round pick a couple years ago to get Gennard Avery. Yeah, I know the, point. the yeah. situations are different, and they were looking at Avery like, all right, this is a trade for two and a half years of a player, whereas this could be a trade for, what, 10 games, um, 11 games maybe. So I get the difference, but Quinn's a good player. And uh, there's no – like you look at risk-reward for a trade like this, not a ton of risk, and the reward could be huge. Yeah, there's numbers this year have fallen off a cliff from where they were last year. One of the best sack guys, 18 and a half in the NFL this year. He's got one sack in, in seven games. Uh, we've read, heard, explained the reasoning behind it. How much just joining the Eagles, a team that's 6-0, and as compared to the Bears, who got a nice win on Monday night, but prior to that, um, didn't look like they were going to be anywhere near the playoffs. How much is just the mindset, revitalization, of a guy like Quinn, do you think lift his game coming here to the Eagles? Look, I I don't see him as a guy who was like lacking motivation at all. Um, I I look at you know I went back and watched him a little bit last night. He's he's playing a lot. He's getting doubled a lot. Even when he's not getting doubled, it's uh, there's a tight end on that side. There's a running back giving him some extra love. Like there's. He was the guy on that line they were trying to stop. So I think the biggest thing for him coming to this defense is is twofold, really. The, the first and the easiest thing is he's not going to need to play as much. He was playing almost 70% of their snaps. There's not going to be that much to go around here. He's got to get over that mental hurdle. He's not the guy anymore. But the good part about that is he can go harder for every snap. And if you're looking at that line, there are going to be times where he gets some attention. But – there are going to be a lot yeah, of times you're never going to see a double you team here. Your poison yeah. with this line, especially if you have Jordan Davis out there, who is a walking double team, right? Like you have to double that guy just because he's so big. I think it's going to free him up. And I, you know, I went back and watched Quinn last night a little bit. He's still playing pretty well. You know, he's he still has the bend around the edge. He still has the get off. Uh, and what I like about him too is even though he was playing a lot of snaps. He, he fits that rally to the ball mentality this defense really likes and this coaching staff likes. I mean, he doesn't – he's making plays sometimes eight yards down the field, which isn't always what you think about when you're thinking, all right, this guy has 18 sacks. He, he's a three-time pro bowler. But, no, he's he gets back. He hustles. And I, I know this coaching staff really values that stuff. So I think he's going to be a good yeah. addition. He was also the guy that put uh, Andre Dillard on skates as a rookie. Uh, he and Everson Griffin both, where we said, wow, what's going on with Andre? But uh, he he's really crafty. Um, I think he's, at, as you mentioned, Dave, he's rarely going to see a double team. He got constantly double teamed in Chicago. And then he's going back to the scheme he's familiar with and was successful with. I think that's part of it as well. That's all good. My one concern is 
And you mentioned the value. I mean, how we didn't give up anything from the Eagles' perspective. The Bears are pl- paying them, basically, to play for the Eagles. So you give up a fourth-round pick as a Super Bowl contender. Have no issue with that. Here's my issue. Josh Sweat's playing really well. I don't, I don't think people realize that. En- enough people. Uh, Brandon Graham is playing better than really well. Granted, on a pitch count, but um, and that's very smart of the Eagles. In theory, I don't know, Robert Quinn coming here to play 15 reps? I think you want him on the field more than that. And who are you taking reps away from? Yeah, it's a fair question. Uh, I think the BG pitch count is going to continue. I think he's playing at such a high level at the snaps he's getting that I wouldn't change that. So I don't think you're going to have to worry about like him eating into it more. You're going to have Reddick and you're going to have Sweat as your top two guys still. I think Quinn probably slides in there with BG as the next option. It's going to really push down snaps for Patrick Johnson, who, like I mentioned, I thought was playing well. And that yeah. that's the downside for him is that now there's a guy with a ton of experience in here. Um, and I, I am curious to see if they start changing some things schematically. We've seen Kaiser White get some snaps as an edge rusher, <clears throat> which I get why they're doing that. They're, they're, showing one front and playing another but so there are some other edge snaps that haven't gone to the edge guys all the time there are those snaps and then we haven't seen it we saw it a ton under jim schwartz we haven't seen gannon do it but there are times where you know bg can play inside oh yeah and we haven't really seen him do a ton of that especially this year so broken reddick a little bit um, yeah, they, they use them like that yeah. in training camp yeah. at times. So I'm curious if, if in passing situations, now that they have a surplus of veg players, if we'll see that old NASCAR package yeah. come out and, and maybe get an extra defensive end on the field to really get after passers. Here's uh, the only thing that, and this is a potentially bothers me situation, might not even be out there. This is kind of a theoretical question. If you've got a fourth round pick to move, and the Eagles have signified they were willing to give up their fourth-round pick, which starts to kind of trim the herd on their draft picks for next year. But we'll put that aside. They've made the decision that a fourth-round pick is something that they're willing to invest to give themselves a better chance to win the Super Bowl this year. What position do you think is more important? A defensive lineman who's going to go into the rotation and play X amount of snaps, or... A backup safety, if Marcus Epps or C.J. Gardner go down this week, a guy who's better than Kayvon Wallace, maybe even a backup cornerback, because, yeah, Bradford and and Slay have been phenomenal, but if one of them goes down, it's going to miss a month or six weeks. You're plugging in Zach McPherson going forward next week, which was a bigger need, and I know it's very easy to say, oh, Quinn's definitely going to play because that's a rotational position. I get that. But do you more need that, or could you use a better safety net at a couple of D-back positions on this team right now? I'll go through that piece by piece. First, I mean, they still have six picks next year and two first-round picks. So it's not like they're depleted but, at all from a draft they, they, If If John keeps telling me a fourth-round pick is nothing – what the hell are two for a Super Bowl picks? contender? You forget that the Eagles. It's nothing for like I don't get. This is what I said, Dave. I don't give a crap about a fourth round pick for the Eagles in twenty twenty three. 
because they they're they have a legitimate championship window. So yeah, if they push it in. For it, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, they're not completely depleted. That was my point. Um, as far as which is more important. I don't know if one's more important than the other, but you have to remember it's you can't just it's not fantasy. You have to trade with what the rest of the league has right. available. If, it, if the trade's not out there, I'm just I'm, it, it's that's why I asked it as a theoretical question. Yeah. I don't know that there's a safety um, who's available for a fourth round pick. I don't know that there's a corner who's available for a fourth round pick. I'm it's just tough. About I'd, I'd honestly, I'd, I'd lean edge rushers more important because of what you said is, I mean, that we know they're going to play. And I, that's not to say an insurance policy isn't a bad idea at the safety position, but um, it, it, you, you could be in a position where you trade away a fourth round pick for a guy who's not going to play. Yeah, that part. But here's here's my what tilted it for me was I thought coming into sort of trade deadline season was those 16 snaps against Dallas where we saw Kayvon Wallace out there for Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I said, I'd go get a safety if I could, if, if, if that was available more than defensive end, because, you know, Red explain at a high level, call him what you want. Sam linebacker. He's an edge rusher to me. Um, uh, Josh is playing at a high level. Brandon's playing at a high level. That's pretty good. I mean, yeah, you'd like to have the fourth guy and we know the Eagles like to rotate, but man, that drop off, and by the way, I, you know, Chauncey Gardner Johnson's making plays, splash, but he's not playing that well overall from a consistent snap to snap level. And then you saw the drop off from that to Kayvon Wallace. That that concerned me a little bit, Dave. Yeah, I get it. I, I will say I think Gardner Johnson's playing better week over week. Oh yeah, which yeah, is to be expected. I'm not worried about him. I, you're right. I mean, the, the safety depth is a concern. <clears throat> I wonder if they get into a situation. Kevon is clearly the next guy, but, you know, if they were going for a long period of time without one of their starters, I wonder if they wouldn't try Josiah Scott back there or even Reed Blankenship. Um, the options aren't great. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah. But – I, I still think you're Can't getting a player in Robert Quinn who we know is going to make an impact. And it's, I, I, I totally understand the insurance policy, but I don't mind the idea of, yeah, go get an edge rusher who we know is going to potentially make a, a big difference no matter what else happens. Um, we know that Lane Johnson was at practice yesterday, didn't participate, but Lane himself uh, said he expects to play this Sunday although the coach specifically said he's still in concussion protocol. So there were kind of two divergent uh, uh, ways to look at uh, Lane's participation on Sunday. The Eagles, to their credit, have had an injury-less season. Not completely, but compared to other teams in the National Football League, their whole less is more theory has worked for practice to keep their players healthy uh, for Sunday afternoons. How do they handle Lane Johnson this week? If he's kind of on the fence, and when you have the coach saying one thing and a player saying the other on a Wednesday before the Sunday game, that, to me, kind of is sitting on the fence. How are they going to decide whether Lane Johnson should or shouldn't play? 
No, there's no sitting on the fence. If he's cleared, he plays. If he's not clear, he doesn't play. And I think he's going to be cleared, and I think he's going to play. Um, if, if if that that's the nice thing about the concussion protocol, and, and not to say that there aren't faults with the way the league handles concussions, but that, look at Miami. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, I mean, and it's become a, a big emphasis this year. But the the in week concussion protocol is spelled out pretty clearly. You have to pass all these steps, the final one being the independent neurologist. And as long as he passes those steps uh, and look, sometimes you have to rely on players to be honest and they're not always honest about what they're feeling, but you can only control that to a certain extent. As long as he's clear, he's going to play. And I I expect him to play. Yeah. And the fact that he was out there on a Wednesday uh, limited, that indicates he's in the fourth phase, which is basically no symptoms, independent neurologist. So yeah, we were watching him. Uh, he wasn't taking reps in offensive no, line drills. Mental. Yeah, yeah, he was no. mental and he was mirroring them behind yeah. him. But he's preparing like he's going to play. And so was Brett Toth, by the way. And I bring up Brett to bring up Tyree Jackson, which was a, a little bit interesting to me, Dave, that they started the 21-day window because that means, to me at least, maybe you have a different take, that uh, they want him back. And I'm a little surprised by that. Um, because you're not going to carry four tight ends, I wouldn't think. Um, they like Grant Calcaterra. Maybe he's not ready to play a whole heck of a lot of snaps. Jack Stoll has been effective in, in, in 12 personnel, never going to be an explosive guy. What do you make of starting the window? Because they're not starting. Toth, uh, Toth is ready, um, but they're not starting the window because they have no room for him. Um, they started the window on Jackson. That tells me something. Yeah, I well, I was a little surprised too. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, Jack Stoll isn't losing his job. Tight end is another position where you can make a case. Maybe you look around the league and and try to shake something free. But uh, I think Stoll is effective in what they ask him to do. So it will be Calcaterra if they think down the stretch Tyree gives them more as a third tight end, and maybe he does. I don't know. I It's not like he has more experience, really. He's no, He no. hasn't played in the league. Maybe I he mean, offers you a little more special just, teams. I guess they could just go through the window and put him back on injured reserve. But, Which is possible. Maybe they yeah. just want to get him out there for practice for a few weeks and let him get that under his belt and then set him down. Yeah, All right, so let, let me ask, let me yeah. ask both of you Eagle beat guys this question. Jackson looks good. They decide they want to put him on the active roster. They need to make a move with Calc- They're not carrying four tight ends on any given week. There's not going to be a four tight end roster. So somebody's got to go. Would Calcaterra get claimed if the Eagles put him through waivers? Possible, but I mean, I, he hasn't done anything really to warrant yeah, that. He had the 40 yard uh, uh, reception on his first reception. That's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he can get a hamstring injury again. Yeah. Maybe Janarius Robinson sprained ankle pops up <laughs> uh, magically. Um, which, you know, that, that by the way is interesting when we talk about um, uh, the backup offensive lineman, because, 
the trade deadline is November 1st. I think everyone says, all right, how he did his thing. He's still got time. There's still, you know, he doesn't have those mid range draft picks. Um, so he's not going to move a draft pick. Could he move Andre Dillard player for player trade? We talk about, or he could take the additional step, get a pick, flip the pick. That's true. You can do, you can go a bunch of different ways. That would be um, very how we like to get a pick and then flip that pick for something else. Uh, he loves to do things. Do you expect any more movement before the trade deadline? I think it's possible, but you brought up a good point that at least next year, they don't have that mid round pick uh, left to trade. Can you get something for a seventh? Yeah, maybe if a team's just looking to unload somebody. Uh, the Dillard thing is interesting because they're clearly, they're a better football team with Andre Dillard, right? But yeah. A team offers you a third round pick. You have a pretty tough decision to make. And I don't know which way they would lean. You know, it, as you get back to Toth, not that Toth is going to replace Andre Dillard, but if you feel good about your O-line depth, without Dillard enough to trade him for, I think it would have to be a third round pick. I, I don't think you would do it for a four. Yeah. But did, did Jack Driscoll's ability to hold up at left tackle, change your thought process and say, well, you know, we now know Jack can do it at least at a competent level. Um, maybe we don't need Andre as much as we thought we did. A little, but I still think there's a, a decent sized drop off from Andre to Jack Driscoll. So I, and, and I wasn't like shocked that Driscoll held up at left tackle. I thought he did an okay job. And, but look, if he's going to have to play multiple games for this team, I think the offense would have to change depending on their opponent with him at left tackle. Whereas I don't think it would with Andre Diller. And that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, Dave, let me give you a couple of facts on the Steelers' offense. They've only surpassed 20 points once in their first seven games, and they needed overtime to do that to beat the Bengals 23-20. Um, they have zero plays of 20 yards or more rushing. None. They're the only team in the NFL that doesn't that have shocks me. a run over back. 20 yeah. yards. Najee Harris has not broken one yeah. all year long. And they've got one pass play of over 40 yards. So they're not a chunk play team at all. They're not a high scoring team at all. Should the Eagles defense just eat continuously on Sunday? The Steelers want to be a chunk play team. They're trying, <laughs> they're trying their little hearts out. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a fun fact about Kenny Pickett, uh, who I think has kind of been thrown to the wolves here a little bit with the first few <laughs> opponents he's faced, but uh, he's the first quarterback through his first four career games with uh, two or fewer touchdowns and seven or more picks. He's Ryan Leaf. Ooh. 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 Bad company to be that, keeping. Ryan Leaf. Yeah. That brings uh, up bad memories for me. I thought Ryan Leaf could play. I admit it. I was the one. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, I the offense, they have some good receivers. Pickens looks like a lot of fun. Deontay Johnson's pretty good. Chase Claypool. No Nate Gary in this game, so I don't know if he's going <laughs> to have three touchdowns. Or Nate again. Gary. That was the worst coverage scheme in history. Yeah, what is Nate Gary doing on Chase nah, Claypool? That's just wasn't great. It wasn't Nate's fault, but no. uh, yeah, you can't have Nate Gary on Chase Claypool. 
but look, they, they have some decent weapons, so you have to at least respect that. I don't have a ton of faith in the quarterback getting them the football. I don't have a ton of faith in that offensive line giving the quarterback enough time to get rid of the football. The, the running back situation is interesting. You're right. He hasn't been very good, but he is a good player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this team, you know, if you look at areas where the Eagles have struggled a little bit, run defense is one of them. So, you know, maybe if that if I'm watching the Eagles on tape and I see, hey, that four-man front's out there and Jordan Davis is off the field, probably try to run on them. And, and I just expect we see Pittsburgh do that a little bit. You know, that's a good point, Dave. And last one from me, I'll end it with that. Uh, at D Zangaro, NBCS, NBCSports.com, backslash build up. You can read Dave there. Um, tackling, run support. Now, it hasn't mattered, but that's been pretty poor for the Eagles. That would be the one thing on the defense where I would say, I'd say offense, people look at second half scoring. Special teams, we know the problem there. When they're doing their self-scout, they got to realize they're not a good tackling team. Um, I don't know if it's all about undersized players, but there's a lot of undersized players on this team, and they just added another one. Um, if, If it comes up in January football, it might even come up with Tennessee and Derrick Henry. Can they just flip the switch and say, oh, we're going to stop the run today? Is it all on Jordan Davis? <laughs> it feels like a lot of it's on Jordan <laughs> Davis. Uh, I, I think they have some players who, you know, like Fletcher Cox can be a good run defender, but he's played for so many years with his ears pinned back going after the passer that I think it's kind of tough for him all of a sudden to be a run stuffer. Uh so I, I think there are like little things schematically they can do to help them become a better tackling team and, and be in the right positions at least. But mostly it's like a, a lot of execution errors. And you're right. It's sometimes it's undersized players. I think some of that will take care of itself. When you look at, uh, we mentioned CJ Gardner Johnson earlier, he's missed some tackles. And I think a lot of his missed tackles have been bad angles. And I, I think that's going to happen when you have a player playing at, more depth than he's used to. So I think that'll just kind of self-correct a little bit, but yeah, it's an issue. It's something they have to try to figure out. And, uh, but sometimes it's just execution, you know, like there are some schematic things, but a lot of their tackling problems are just, you got to get a guy to the ground. All right. Last one for me, Dave, uh, John and I were kicking this around earlier. Um, and noting that the Indianapolis Colts have a pretty big game, uh, this week, their season could be hanging in the balance, and Sam Ellinger is going uh-huh. to the uh, hill for heavyweight battle with Taylor Heineke this week. Heavyweight Heineke. That might be a fun game to watch. Yeah, honestly, I know, I right? Because we're like all worried that. about Carson Wentz not being able to come back and play against Eagles. Well, he's supposed to play against the Colts this week, but he can't yeah. play in that game either because he's hurt. But I digress. Um, they were in pretty damn good shape just a year and change ago. Coming off of Phillip Rivers' 11-win team. They had the playoffs there for their taking. Couldn't win either of their last two games. Now they're 3-3-1. They've already pulled the plug on Matt Ryan after only seven games. Is the reason that the Colts are right now a red-hot mess? Frank Reich? Their wacky owner? The fact that they've never recovered from Andrew Luck retiring unexpectedly when they did? Or... 
the fact that Nick Sirianni is here in Philadelphia rather than in Indianapolis. Like, I like Nick. I don't think that's the reason. <laughs> oh! <laughs> you question the coach. I'm setting him up for the big. Of course it's Nick Sirianni. You give him no props. Yeah, I, look, he's a good coach, but I I think Frank is still running that ship. I, to me, it's Chris Ballard. And he's yeah. a guy who has a lot of he's respect a around the league. Good and reputation, yeah. Good reputation, straight shooter, all this. Yeah. The team he's been putting out there. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in 10 years, they're still going to be like, yeah, but Andrew Luck retired on us right before the season. Figure it <laughs> out. Figure it out. Like, you're going to do yeah. this every year with new like, draft a quarterback, try it. You know, yeah. try they got to gotta bite the bullet. They got to develop a quarterback. I mean, develop Rivers one, was great. Or, or, or yeah. sell your soul and go try to trade for one. Yeah. Well, that's they not, tried that. Well, yeah, that's yeah. not Carson Wentz, you know, or Matt Ryan. <laughs> you, need, you need a quarterback. It can't be this year over year thing. Yeah. And I guess they thought they had that in Carson, but you're staking your reputation. To a guy that, and some of that's Frank, right? Because he vouched for him and it didn't work out. I put him on Chris Ballard a lot of it, honestly. Yeah. And the other thing they haven't been able to do is develop a wide receiver either. And you don't know which that chicken or egg thing comes first the quarterback, uh, the wide receivers, or the wide receivers are affecting yeah, the quarterback. Okay. Who's been the wide receiver they've had in the last couple of years that scared you? I think Pittman would be good um, if they it, had a. I mean, they're, honestly, one of their biggest draft misses was Paris Campbell. Yeah, yeah, that was JJ's year. They both yeah. it, it, it was JJ or Paris Campbell. The Eagles. You think missed their careers would have been much different if no, they would they missed either way, whichever <laughs> yeah. player they were going to take. Well, they well, wasn't they strong wide receiver second round draft class? We'll agree on that. <laughs> Daisy, always good to get you on. Thanks for doing it today. Hope you enjoyed yourself out there in the wilds of. West Virginia, you missed the Swedes, though. But uh, we we appreciate you hopping in with this uh, these couple of Irishmen here today. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Thanks Dave. Dave Zingaro, NBC Sports Philly, here with us on Birds 365. All right, timeout coming, coming back. Uh, Bo on the show. That's how we wrap here on Birds 365. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. 
Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Guys, coming down the whole stretch here out of Birds 365. Yes, we are now just a couple days away from the Eagles retaking the field after their bye week. I would love to state trends and look back at history. And uh, here's what we know. The Eagles head coaches want to know after the bye. Although last year's bye was significantly different than this year's bye just because where it fell on the calendar. What was Week 13, Johnny Mac. I don't have yeah, very late. Uh, yeah, very late versus. I asked Nick about that yesterday about the self scout. Uh, because last year they had much more to work with. This year was like, you know, is it even a relevant sample size? He said it was, but what is he gonna say? Um, yeah, it's too early. I mean, except for the offensive line, the offensive line was banged up. For everybody else, it was too early. But there's nothing you can do about it. It's one of right, those you can't two. control it. it no. It's completely yeah. out of your control. But uh, I don't know to make of things. Because forever, long before Birds 365 ever existed, uh, but I was on the radio here in Philadelphia, Andy Reid was phenomenal. After yeah, that oh, yeah. Still is. <laughs> I don't know that it's the way that he handles things or he's got this great insight or if it's more coincidence than anything else. But I don't think you could just dismiss the record that Andy had put up over all those years, because when you got as long a track record as Andy does, it means something. Does the one win last year that Sirianni had after the bye mean anything? Now, I think in Andy's case, I mean, Andy is known for his preparation. I mean, so you give Andy extra time, he's he's going to be even better. Um, and, I, you know, we'll see. I, I think there's a lot of thought process around uh, fans that is kind of misconstrued because everything's collectively bargained now. The players have to have all, but it's not like you can sit there and have a bad pre-buy and say, oh, you got to get to work. You got to have extra work. They can't do that with the players, but they can do it with the coaches. Uh, the coaches can work and work and try to figure things out from that standpoint. You know, they don't get any time off. They're working. Now, Nick gave them off Friday at the weekend, but um 
long term, though, it's too early. But Andy was tremendous at it because Andy's one of the best game day prep coaches there is. So you give him a little bit of extra time, he's going to take advantage of it. All right. Uh, tomorrow here on the program, I know we've got uh, – do you know yet whether you're going to be a full two-hour participant? No, I, uh, I, I, I'm going to be here for the first hour, and I believe we have Les Bowen on in the first hour. Barrett Brooks is going to join you for the second okay. hour. I did not know that. Thank um, you for informing me. And you and you booked somebody from Pittsburgh. I, yes, I Andrew Filipponi, host yeah. on uh, 97 – oh, so now I'm getting – Gill station. Andrew, I think yeah. it's 93.7 as compared to 97.3. Yeah. But the fan in Pittsburgh, so, Andrew Filipponi, is a buddy. He works on CBS Sports Radio with me. Um, a good Pittsburgh sports talk show host is going to jump in. Steelers Intel. Advice. We can figure out why. Uh, well, I think we know why, but uh, ooh, it's been tough for Pittsburgh. This is the first game where I, I, I don't even give the opponent a, a second look. Uh, Eagles are winning this game. I guess uh, I gave my pick away a little bit too early. Well, the the score will be all important tomorrow in hour number one. All right, J Mac, uh, you, you'll be back here though at the top of the show. You're doing the first hour. Yeah. Yes. Correct. So correct. that means Mac and Mac back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds Three Sixty Five. <laughs> The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.